What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to the wonderful new level of excellence that is here on Jay Bird Watching. I am your host, Craig Boren. I am with Jason Lyons and Eric Troyton tonight. How are we doing, fellas? Super duper, Alice Cooper. Oh, love Alice. <laughs> Eric, how are you doing? The Good, editor man. of Jay's Journal joining us and donning us with his presence this evening. Yep, yep happy to be back, guys. Good to have you as always. It's been a few weeks since you've been on, but yep. it's funny enough. I think the last time you were on the show, spring training games had not started yet. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So nothing's yeah, happened since full then. swing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing crazy at all. So we're going to talk tonight, Blue Jays baseball as part of the you know, fan side network, part of jaysjournal.com. And we're going to talk the level of excellence this evening, which is going to have a all new entrant on August 12th, I believe is the game that they're going to be having. They're going to be giving away bobbleheads. It's going to be a wonderful evening for Jose Bautista is making flipping his way onto the thing. Eric, well-deserved, I think, here with Jose Bautista actually making the level of excellence. I'm not shocked that in a year where we're trying to hurry up and get more people in the seats at the next level that this is happening. But um, I think this is a good thing for Blue Jays fans to get, like I said, a recent Blue Jays great up onto the level of excellence. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely love it. He would have been my number one pick, too, for it. So I'm I'm all for it. I can't think of a guy that's more deserving Uh you know, one of the best power hitters to ever play for the Blue Jays. And, you know, like you said, a, a recent name up there for some of the, you know, the younger crowd that they're trying to draw. And, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Jason, what was your initial reaction to seeing this? And, like, did you do your own personal bat flip in your living room? <laughs> yeah, or what, I, you know, what was up? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I really agree with Eric here. Like, I mean, I feel like what they're going to try and do with this, this portion of the stadium is they are going to try and hit on some some uh, Jays that that are recognized from sort of you know fifteen year olds to fifty year olds. You know they're going to try and get you know and and Jose Bautista is probably you know if it's not Joe Carter it's him going in uh, you know but Joe Carter is is I think is a different level. Um, you know I think this gives some appreciation for guys where you don't have to necessarily you know retire a jersey or anything like that. It, I think it gives opportunity for you know, even some guys that maybe didn't, um, you know, play long term with the Jays or, or you know, had had a, a big impact but weren't there for a long time. It gives opportunity for stuff like that. Um, you know, I think it's a great idea. Um, I I thoroughly enjoy Jose Bautista. I had nothing but time for that guy. Um, you know, I feel like like just that whole that whole 
storyline and everything with him and Odor and all. I mean, it's just, it's like a baseball lore. Like you just, you can't write that stuff. Uh, it doesn't come along a lot. And, I, you know, congratulations to him. And I think it's a great move by the Jays. It's, been, it's interesting you bring up all the lore and all that stuff. That's that's baseball history now that is not going anywhere anytime soon. The Rundo door nonsense and on both avenues, the punch, the running in from third base on the weirdest play in recent playoff baseball history, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously the epic bat flip that easily ranks in the high end of major league baseball home runs, not just blue Jays history, but all of major league history argument can be made. That is just as important as the Joe Carter home run, but there's only two world series walk-off winning home runs. I'm sorry to say, Jose, you missed that one. You're you're close, but you didn't quite make it. (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember or not. It probably produced the greatest sign to ever be shown at a game, which was, uh, I'd rather get punched out in, uh, what was that? I'd rather get punched out in June than knocked out in, in uh, October. Classic. Uh, <laughs> so good. Perfect. And and that is about the epitome of those two seasons with the Blue Jays knocking the the Rangers out of both of those playoff series and um, moving on to the next rounds and whatnot. So very, very cool stuff. Um, Eric, I'm going to be this person. Tell me your story of where you were for the bat flip. I it was, it was nothing fancy, man. I was just sitting on the couch at home watching it, and you know, I I wish I had a cooler story to go along with it. But unfortunately, that's all I got. This isn't one of those things where I was doing anything memorable for that. But you remember where you were on the couch? There's probably exactly yep, quadrant yep, right couch the couch you were in. Corner. The butt crew, butt groove is still yep, cursor yep. and everything. <laughs> Jason, how about yourself? Do you remember where you were for the uh, the epic bat flip heard around the world? Yes, I actually do. I was um, I was at the North Shore Winter Club. Um, the boys were had been played a spring hockey game uh, earlier that day, and and we had decided to stay and watch the game there. And I remember, I remember the amount of people there growing slowly and. No one at a hockey base building wants to admit they're a huge baseball fan, but as the bar kept filling, the lounge kept filling up with people, you're like, well, you guys are all baseball fans or you're just, you know, fans of, of exciting baseball, maybe. Um, but, I, you know, and, and ironically, you, you, that you brought up the Joe Carter one, the Joe Carter one, this is one of my favorite stories ever. So again, hockey. <laughs> so I was actually playing in a senior men's Don't hockey. Say a I was, I was on the ice and someone came out and banged on the glass and said that it's, it's, it's the ninth inning. And, and we got literally guys went off. We stopped the game. We took our skates off and went up into the bar. And I remember as soon as it there got is. hit, somebody dumped a pitcher of beer over my head. And so I had to go back on the ice. I smelled like, I mean, we can even describe that smell, uh, but I did get a goal in the front of the net. I think that was because no one wanted to touch me. So, he, he reeks of sweat and Molson triple X, but there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> no, even worse. <laughs> so I think it's funny. You mentioned the bat flip thing is my mom made me go to bed and my dad being the awesome person is Ricky Henderson just got walked, comes and gets me from my bed with my brother and <laughs> brings me back to watch the rest of the game. And then obviously we woke my mother up, <laughs> but the bat flip night, I had to choose between my two favorite things on the planet fellas. And that is rock and roll music of seeing Molly crew and Alice Cooper in Buffalo that same evening or sitting at the bar down the street from the, the venue where I was seeing uh, Motley Crue and Alice and watching the rest of this game. And the point where we had to go to the concert was right after Russell Martin hit uh, Senshu's shoes bat with the ball <laughs> and then waited what, 60 minutes before play finally resumed. That was where I had to go to the concert. So I turned off my cell phone. Mind you, that was the first year I had written for jaysjournal.com at this point. So I knew if I had my phone on, I was going to get littered with whatever. So I went on full media blackout, made my wife her phone, everything. So we watched the show, drove back home from Buffalo to Rochester. It's about one in the goddamn morning. I turn on the DVR, start watching it. And at about one 30 in the evening, 
coffee table over and start running around the house like a freaking crazy person and woke my kids up, my wife, everybody. <laughs> Just say it. Awesome. <laughs> Worth it. The media blackout worked. <laughs> so, but as far as statistics go, it wasn't just the bat flip. Everybody thinks the bat flip is that was the peak of everything and probably the start of the decline at that point. If not, it already started. That was just the perfect Jose Bautista moment. But guys, just misses 300 career home runs with the Blue Jays at 288, 766 RBIs, and something I thought that was a little sneaky, snuck in 56 stolen bases in that time while batting 253. Um, he was the epitome of run producer for the Blue Jays, and for that 10-year run while he was a Blue Jay, he was one of the biggest offensive forces in Major League Baseball. <laughs> There's no reason in hell he shouldn't be on the re- the uh, level of excellency because as you talk about Blue Jays record books, it's got the single season home run record <laughs> and so on and so forth. He's right at the top of that. Eric, as far as these moments like go, how many accolades could you rack up and then and not be as good as Jose Bautista? I guess it's it's yeah. slightly ridiculous what he did as a Blue Jay Angry Bird definition. <laughs> like uniform. Yeah, no, I, I am definitely in agreement with you there. Uh, you know, something else he was able to do that I always think means you are an exceptional ball player when you draw more walks than strikeouts. Uh, he did that. It looks like I can see two immediately. In 2011, yeah. he drew 132 walks, which is just insane. Those are like Barry Bonds yeah. numbers. And, you know, his, his OPS plus as a Blue Jay is 136. You know, that means... Over that 10-year span, he was 36% above league average as a Blue Jays. So he, the man did everything. You know, as I said, I I can't possibly think of someone that belongs up there more than he did. Yeah. Seven, six all-star appearances. Was it constantly in the MVP race those years, especially the year he hit 54 home runs, which ironically he was the lowest in those years of MVP voting in that year because, oh, his batting average wasn't so hot. <laughs> I don't care. You hit 54 home runs. And then he does it, follows that up with an amazing year after the Blue Jays rewarded him with a contract that following year and didn't hit as many home runs, but was a complete baseball player, offense, defense, everything. And then that's how we got to know Jose Bautista and through the 2016 season and his career as a reliever didn't quite pan out, but he did pretty damn good as an offensive right fielder. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Jason, you know, it's, it's one of those things when I think back to sort of like the perennial guys that I consider the Blue Jays, like sometimes I, I have, a, you know, you don't realize how long somebody was with a team. Uh, like for you to say 10 years, I actually flipped over to go look because I didn't believe you for a second. Um, and then I saw, like, shit, right? <laughs> I saw what his stats were in Pittsburgh. Oh my God, that's awful. Um, so he won't be going to the ring of excellence in Pittsburgh. Let's let's let that note. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's certain guys that we associate with the Jays. Like, I mean, you know, Ken, Ken's out sick and, and I mean, he's got Kelly Gruber and all you have to do is say the name. You don't think of any other team, mm-hmm. Bautista. you don't think of any other team, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's awesome to see some of this, you know, like my kids are 11. Uh, they obviously know what the bat flip is. I mean, it's, you know, they love bat flips. And so if you, if you ever have a countdown, it's always number one. Um, but that being said, it's it's one of those things where you start to to uh, you know associate things to a time where you know in some cases they weren't even around um, or, or just you know very little drive to want to be a part of that, and now they really do. And so we can go back and share these moments. I played the Joe Carter um, home run the other night. It came up, um, and they both were riveted by it. Like I mean, it was it's amazing to watch a piece of history like that and have just certain guys in whether they're in my brain or, or everyone else's brain um, that are just a, so they're just Jays. They always will be. Yeah. And the funny thing is too, he, you know, as much as I think of that, you know, the angry bird logo, I epitomize that with Roy Halliday, Joe Carter, or not Joe Carter. I mean, <laughs> Roy Halliday, Carlos Delgado is why the guy I had in my head. So 
in reality, the best seasons that Jose Bautista had was in that uniform. And that's one of those names that pops into me as soon as I see that uh, logo on anything, whether it's the black jerseys, the hats, whatever it might be. That's what pops into my brain. But the fact that, you know, the bat flip is, like I said, one of the greatest moments in MLB history, let alone Canadian baseball and Toronto Blue Jays history. Um, and then seeing that properly and perfectly enshrined in what is going to be an awesome bobblehead giveaway. You guys have seen this. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. at this point, yeah. awesome. um, just for the fans that happen to be watching live on the show this evening, I'm going to make sure that I share this out. And so that you can all take a peek and say, see what you, if you haven't had the pleasure of seeing it, so cool. this is awesome. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it, it's super simple. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it just, it, it, it epitomizes a swagger and a bobblehead. That's really what it was. It's like, um, I, attributed the start of bat flips to Carlos Delgado in his four home run game. He hits that fourth home run against the Rays and they just go, don't need this anymore. <laughs> you know, and gets running with that. It was the exact same thing with this Jose Bautista home run. After all that emotion and everything that happened in the inning prior with the Rundo door running in for third and the weirdest of baseball moments of losing the lead, a few errors lead to this epic home run and just going, boom, I'm done with this. I see. My favorite, my favorite part of the clip. And if you watch it again, I mean, when he hits it, he knows it's gone, but you can see for a second, you can see him look and he's like, is this for real? Like he kind of, he kind of takes a moment to believe it and just look at the field. Like, did it go? Like, did I just do that? And then he chucks the bat so emphatically. Um, now, you know, I know we're, we're focused on this, but I I'd be very interested to hear what your guys, other than this one, what your favorite bat flips are. I have one that I really like, but, uh, I threw my favorite one out there and that is the Carlos Delgado. Like I said, he just gets that fourth home run and just goes, <laughs> throws it back toward the dugout. I'm done with this. That's right. I'm the King walks the first base. <laughs> Eric. Um, so he puts you on the spot. No, yeah, it's okay. Uh, Bautista's is definitely number one, but I think the second one, my second favorite bat flip of all time that I can immediately think of is not even a Blue Jays one. Uh, it was Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox at yeah. the uh, the Iowa Field of Dreams game. Yeah, yeah, I that was cool. His was a walk off home run too, and it was just awesome. That is that when I think bat flip. You know, Joey Bats is number one, but I think Tim Anderson is definitely up there. His was pretty cool as well. Either way, all three of those guys that we just mentioned, swagger level. It's all the way I think I think my favorite is uh is Yassi Puig's from uh uh what was that, twenty eighteen? Where <laughs> that was a fun one. Demolished that ball and um it was such a, he looked like a six year old kid that hit a home run. It was awesome. Just loved it so, so much. Yeah. I got to play one more here just to be this guy as far as Blue Jay ones go. That Loris Gurriel Jr. Grand Slam where he just takes the bat and just goes, bam, and spikes it down into the ground. That was pretty good. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. It was a bat flip. It was a bat spike. Yeah. <laughs> so, good stuff. So, anyways, is there anything anybody would like to mention as far as Jose Bautista goes before we move on to obvious Toronto Blue Jays spring training fun? <laughs> Before we move on, let me just say that Edwin Encarnacion needs to be the next one. <laughs> That's what I have to yes. say because, you know, yes. I feel like those two were just, you know, one and two for so many years. Honestly, yeah. I think Edwin's kind of, you know, overlooked. Everyone was so caught up in the Jose Bautista craze that, you know, Edwin was kind of, you know, just, you know, his silently there doing his deal the whole time. Right? He, yeah, he needs to be the next one. Yeah. I just hope that they put up little time. I don't, it doesn't have to be completely visible at all moments or angles or anything, but they put like a little freaking parrot somewhere on his level of excellence. Lit. You have to <laughs> just get that going. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> they should just go, where, where's Waldo and hide one in the stadium. And, you know, whoever finds it, take, you know, they, they, they take a picture of it and go up to guest services and you get like a little parrot yourself or something. I don't know. That would be hysterical. I'll get one of the, like one of the leftover shirts that they gave away with the actual like parish sleeve the one year. <laughs> so things like that. I do think that would be really funny because I, we've talked about it on this show a few times that um, 
culture. Blue Jays have a great culture and great fan base. And I forget what we saw in the chat group right before um, Eric, but there was some saying that we're like the best cult following of a baseball team, but we're also the nicest somehow. Yeah. I think <laughs> from what I can remember it, the Blue Jays were ranked as the Blue Jays fans are ranked as the fifth least annoying. That's what I mean. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Yankees were number one, believe it or not. Why is that not shock me? And I would assume the Red Sox are not terribly I that think far. They're behind. second. I'm pretty sure they were second. <laughs> and then, you know, because, you know, there's literally killings between Dodgers and Giants fans. I would think that might be part of it. Yep, I can I see where so. the rankings are going to where we're near the bottom. Just saying. <laughs> so we only got the sign that Jason alluded to earlier about getting punched in August and <laughs> winning in July or winning in October. Instead. Mm-hmm. So things like that. But, I, I do agree with you that Edwin needs to be the next guy. And there is just so many reasons why you talk about where Jose's accolades go and where Edwin's go. They're pretty much parallel identical. And I might say that Edwin even has a little edge because his batting average wasn't 250 every year. Yeah. That's, but that's also the difference between a fielder and a DH too. So yeah. I'll give you a 50. That's 50. true. That's true. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, I looked and Bautista had a 10 year career in Toronto. Edwin Edwin's was eight and they had the same OPS plus. They both were 36% better than league average. So they, I mean, they, they were pretty comparable. I, I, I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I think, uh, Bautista was kind of a more complete hitter, especially with like his gap power and all that. But I think Edwin, Ed, yeah, yeah. And Edwin was just straight oomph. Like he had such <laughs> such a pretty swing. They both did. But it, I, I think yeah. if Bautista's getting up there, Edwin has to be right behind him. I agree. Not to mention as far as epic home runs go. Yeah, Edwin's, he had one too. Right. Baldo Jimenez home run in the wild card game. Yep. Yep. That one. Pretty <laughs> epic. Yeah. Just saying. There's another interesting carry over in there too, as far as things go. Both these guys were wanted by so many major league baseball teams for years. Jose was definitely more. Um, well, exposed on that idea. I'd say. Yes, yeah. Well traveled, but. <laughs> Everybody forgets that Edwin was waived by the Blue Jays the year he kicked off. Yeah, the Blue he Jays cut him at one in, point. Yeah, I think he was technically was it a Brewer? No, Oakland uh, A's. Oh, be, be, before uh, before Blue Jays, he was on the Reds. And then That's, when, yes, when, when I knew that he was actually cut him. he was the throw-in guy for Scott Rowland. Correct. Just saying. Yeah, and then when the Blue Jays <laughs> cut him, the A's either did sign him or were going to sign him. And he ended up coming back to Toronto. Yeah. It was like a revert or whatever it was. I don't think yeah. it was a rule five pick. I think it no. literally was a wave, but whatever the reasons why over that time of the year, it was uh, the blue Jays could get him back. If they wanted him. he gets back and he turns into Ed wing instead of just Edwin. <laughs> so, but same thing with Jose Bautista, like you said, plethora of players or plethora of teams all over the place. Originally drafted by the Yankees, I think. Edwin? Jose was. I thought Bautista was either Pittsburgh or Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore was, I think. think Real quick on Edwin, he was waived at the end of the season. The Oakland A's claimed him, and then a month later, they non tendered him. So he was only on the team for a month. But it it was the offseason. So. And then the Blue Jays picked him back up and end up sorry. And now he's technically a Blue Jays coach again. So strangely okay with that one as well. Bautista was drafted by the Pirates in the 2000 MLB draft. (laughs) Yeah. And then literally was on every team in Major League Baseball over the first how many years? (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. It was Orioles, Rays, Royals. Back to the Pirates. Yeah. So his career, it's Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and then Toronto. And then three NL East teams, Atlanta, New York, and Philly. Yep. Got his way around. And to that point, I was shocked those last three years that he didn't find something to be contributive on those because the bat speed was still there. He just didn't. It's like he lost the eye at the plate or something. <laughs> yeah. Really I mean, the batting average, batting average wasn't there, but, you know, I love OPS plus and for, in 2018, he was above league average for the Mets and the Phillies. You know, the batting average was pretty, pretty scary looking, but 
I mean, we're we're in a day and age where batting average is kind of not the most important anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then this is in an era with full shifting, just saying. <laughs> Jose Bautista played his whole career with the Blue Jays and nothing but crazy Tampa Bay race shifts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and to, to give you an idea of how long he had been around, he played for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. <laughs> not just the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> They're bringing those jerseys back this year, I heard. Yeah, yeah, I think that's their that. throwback jersey this year. It's a good the, jersey. The weird neon and everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, outside of Edwin, is there anybody from those years that you think deserves to be on the level of excellence per the conversation that we started down here a little bit? Well, how long do you think have? Josh Donaldson gets on this have? list? Like, I mean, there's oh, so there you're gonna go full on like Jay Happ level with me. No, I mean, like, <laughs> like there's guys like like John Olerud, and there's guys like there's guys like you know like like Rance Mullenix, Grant Garth Orr, like guys like that. That this year, 2015-2016 era, like you know the playoff years. No, Do you, yeah, no, I'm gonna say no. I not mean, yeah, nobody else on that level before you get Donaldson or anything like yeah. that because old is. Oler is still one of my personal favorite Blue Jays of all times. He just has one of the best left-handed swings that's been a Toronto Blue Jay, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's the only other guy I can think of maybe was, I mean, no, I was going to say Strowman, but no. No, yeah. I I, I think you have to do it for long enough to, like, earn that. And I, I, I would even say someone like Donaldson didn't didn't do didn't do it for long enough to warrant a spot up there. I don't I don't think there's anybody up there or anybody no, from right. that era. Yeah. You can have some kind of a thing in the ballpark, but not level of excellence kind of thing, right? Yeah, I would say Blue so. Jay. That's the thing that honestly kills me about the Blue Jays ballpark as much as the things go. They don't show a lot of that like I said, the culture things, the fandom things. Have a few statues. Have the freaking, you know, a couple of Josh Donaldson's doing the slide in the first base, like statues out front. Have the Joe Carter walk-off home run statue out around the ballpark. And now that they own the ballpark and they own all these things, I'm wondering if that's parts of these planned renovations that they have because I'm just going to be this person. Those are wonderful, easy things to pick up and move to a new ballpark after you're <laughs> talking yeah. about this whole thing. So yep. statues are easy to move, not the wonderful neighborhoods we're talking about right now for the <laughs> new ballpark. <laughs> I am looking forward to visiting those new neighborhoods though. Just saying I like to drink beer and now it's like I have six beers, like there's six bars. I can go to. All right. So let's talk spring training, fellas. Is there is plenty of things going on and a lot of things that are heading in the right direction. And there's one piece I want to talk out that's not Toronto Blue Jays news per se, but it is quasi and helpful to the Toronto Blue Jays. Have either of you seen how many weird injuries that the New York Yankees have going on currently because they announced Carlos Rodon is going to start on the IL to start the season today, along with Luis Rubino. And I believe there was a third gentleman that's going to be on that list. Too, yeah. That Tommy Kainley. I, I actually wrote a piece on that today. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I be, I'm doing my research and hitting you with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, Rodon. Trevino, Canely, and then they're joining just a whole list of guys. They have, I think it was two that are recovering from Tommy John. Then they got um, uh, one of their catchers had shoulder surgery. Frankie Montas had so- shoulder surgery. So but, all- And Frankie Montas is gone for the year from all accounts at this point, too. So there's some, like I said, if you're a Yankee fan, there's some things that are making the beginning of your season not exactly very comfy at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take it, right? Yeah, Juan Carlos Stanton <laughs> hit his first home run. He struck and out. Judge only hit his first home run like the other night too. Yeah. So and they're striking out at an unbelievable clip. Have you guys seen any of the highlights? <laughs> Holy, like, yeah. I mean, two don't strike out a lot to begin with, but it's 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 looking like it got worse. Yeah, but yeah, to, I don't know. Me, it's spring training. Yeah, I mean, they're they're just the lineup that strikes out a lot, but they're also gonna you know find other ways to to beat you you know they have just unbelievable power and the crappy thing for you know blue jays fans is that all of these injuries are adding up for the yankees but they are still stacked <laughs> so that they, they, they lose two rotation pieces and they're able to fill that in with guys that are maybe not quite as good but 
you know, good enough to be a contending team. And plus, it doesn't help that all these injuries are to the pitching staff and there's none to the offense. Yeah, I would never wish anything on any of their hitters, but they still have Aaron Judge and Stanton and Rizzo and LeMahieu. So you can take away the pitching all you want, but if they if they keep storing 10 runs a game, then yeah. And that's not even counting the fact that they still got guys like Anthony Volpe and whatnot in their Maya league system that are the next Derek Jeter. <laughs> you know, I, I'll believe it when I see it because the other part of that whole thing is I just think it's ironic. They're comparing Volpe to minor league Derek Jeter because everybody hated minor league Derek Jeter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers this wonderful history tidbit, but everybody was like, Oh, what is with this Derek Jeter guy? He can't hit his way up a brown paper bag. And then he hits the major leagues and becomes the captain. You know, it, he, it was notorious to the fact that they were miscounting him the whole minor leagues, you know, and that's what happens with prospects. But I'm wondering if that talk is going to have the inverse uh, for Volpe and his, some of those guys that are in that Meyer league system. But these are all things that like I, to your point, Eric, they have plenty of depth and that's the question is, are they still a 90 win team with that depth or are they wild card teams at this point? That would be my question. I think the big guys got card. lucky with some of these injuries that are happening, but I am not convinced that this takes the Yankees out of the hunt. I, I still, yeah, I still think <laughs> it's going to be Toronto and New York neck and neck for the majority of the year. And you, you can never ever count out the rays because they always just find a way. Even they, they've put together some exceptional seasons with rosters that are not all that sexy. So, I mean, they, they just know how to do it. And, and no. it's, it, it's, it's just the fact of the matter is that the whole division is pretty good. I think the Red Sox, could end up surprising people. I think the Orioles could end up surprising people just like they did last year. So, I mean, there, there is a universe where all five teams do well this year, but I, I, that's perfectly feasible. Yeah. I'm, I'm of the belief that it's New York or Toronto for the number one seed. So, yeah, I, I mean, the Yankees are, are such an interesting duck because I feel like, you know, if they get, if they start to lose and we're starting to get into the dog days of summer a little bit, they've got so much money that they can will a lot of their problems away by, by just buying it. Um, you know, and, and like trade you deadline, know, take over however much money kind of thing is where yeah. you're going. <laughs> but I mean, it's, they've also, you know, they, they, they do have a very good, you know, they have a very good farm system. They have lots of, lots of talent down there. Um, I'm, I'm right on, on board with you with this, Eric. Like, I mean, I, I think it is going to be an absolute dog fight this whole season. I think that the American league East is going to be one of the most entertaining divisions to play baseball in a long time. Um, you, you know, just like it has been. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be even more exciting this year. I think that every one of those teams has a legit shot you know, you can throw all of them in a blender and whatever comes out is, is that has a decent chance of happening. Um, no matter where Damn you are. the algorithms, it's a complete yeah. crapshoot. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the Yankees would have to get pretty thin uh, before I would start to, you know, think that they weren't sort of one two or two uh, in the division for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I had a couple more points. I forgot to mention that the Yankees center fielder, Harrison Bader, also left today's game with an injury. So, I mean, okay. So once you, once the Yankees start having to tap into some of the depth at the position player side, that is where I think they're going to get screwed. That's where it gets threatening. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. They have the middle infielders, and it's funny because even if, you know, Anthony Volpe doesn't work out, they have other shortstops right there next to him. But in the outfield, they have nowhere near as much going on, and there's nothing really left in free agency unless you do like a pro far. Um, but then also, you know, but he's not playing center field as the judge back to center. Yeah. Or they could go with Aaron Hicks, which is a Yankees fans worst nightmare. Um, but, but one thing that Jason mentioned was at the trade deadline, they could make a move. I, I wonder if they're going to be a little nervous to do that because they did that last year with Frankie Montas, who comes over to New York after they trade all sorts of pitching prospects for him. And he kind of stunk up the joint and now he's going to miss all this season and he's, his Yankees career is probably done. So that was a big move last year. I'm wondering if they're going to be a little bit more reserved this year and maybe not go for one of the big fish because they saw what happened last time. I think they're going to leverage their youth. I really do because they do have enough youth. It's not just Volpe. They have a good pitcher. They have, um, was it third baseman's their other guy that's uh, really pushing for a job? I can't remember his name. Yeah, they have Oswald Peraza, but he that's he's also a shortstop. So that's why yeah. that all the all these young prospects coming up kind of play the same position. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. you know what happens there. Well, right now those two, uh, Peraza and Volpe, are at the same level, and I believe Peraza is playing third. I did not know Some that, but it's questions. entirely possible. Yeah, and I, it, it was one of those things. He had more of the armor, the accuracy, whatever it was. I can't remember, but I, he's been here in Rochester playing against the Rochester Red Wings with the Rail Riders from Scranton, Wilkesbury, <laughs> and he's been playing third base. So I have seen that. Peraza actually debuted last year, and he looked really good. And so I think he'll be he'll be first up on the tall up list. We'll just have to see where yeah. he ends up playing. Doesn't look like he played any third last year in the minors. He played just a tiny, year before. Just a tiny bit of second base. Um, they got this other guy, Oswaldo Cabrera, who it was another one that that's was he he was another shortstop prospect. They brought him up last year and he played I think it was every position in the infield and every position in the outfield. So if if they're able to Aaron Hicks can't play third base. Yeah. <laughs> If they start, if they're going to keep finding diamonds in the rough like that, where you can just turn one of their middle infield prospects into a super utility guy, then that's when they become really, you know, dangerous for Blue Jays. Correct. They become the Tampa Bay Rays with crazy power, like Judge and Stanton. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays <laughs> with Judge and Stanton and Garrett Cole. <laughs> I'm not worried about Garrett Cole anymore. I'm not gonna lie. He can't. He can't get by the Audi sign. Just <laughs> so. Anyways, um, so as far as spring training goes, um, we've had a really weird week the last week, guys. We've had literally the craziest of blowouts to we've lost the last three games. So I'm not terribly worried about the losing the last three games because it's spring training and today was a split squad and they did win one. So it wasn't terribly odd, but those 16 to four wins against the Phillies, the 18 to five win against the Tigers, scoring another seven runs against the Rays last Friday. The offense appears to be clicking and there's been all sorts of good things. How do you feel about the um, offensive core? That would be the normal everyday nine guys, Jason, at this point for the offense. I, I you know, I'm overall, I'm very happy. Um, I've been fortunate enough to watch uh, the majority of these games, whether it's Jason 30 or it's uh, it's the actual game, you know, it's, it's, Sometimes the perks of working from home allow you to put a baseball game on and have it going in the background <laughs> while you're working time. away. Um, but <laughs> it, 
I think that, you know, like probably the things that have surprised me the most are, um, are Addison. I mean, Addison Barger has been, a. Uh, he, I don't know that he's surprised me. Um, I kind of knew he was going to be very good. Um, the offense has been solid. Um, they seem to be hitting them out themselves out of a lot of bad situations where um, one of the things you like to see in spring training is if you get guys on base, hit them home. You know, like, like that's, that says something to your manager. It says something to the other guys on your team that, you know, that even though it's spring training and you've, there's two guys on two guys out, you're going to drive one into the gap and score both runs to rather than maybe trying to put one out to pad your own stats. So as a team, I've noticed that they're hitting really well um, in those situations and taking advantage. And I like the fact that they're not lifting their foot off the neck of the, of their opponent. I, that's something that, that you need to have for, you know, for the hundred and uh, you know, the, the season, because if you don't, you're going to lose games. You're going to give up. And that happened to the Jays last year. They're in the lead in a number of games last year. They just kind of let get away and you never get those points back. They're, when they're gone, they're gone. Keep the foot on the gas, right? Always. <laughs> yeah. Eric, what have you thought about with the offense? Uh, what, what would be our normal guys to run off here uh, opening day? Yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of the guys are looking good. Um, I kind of have something up here. Kevin Kiermeyer's hitting 500. Bo is at 389. Witt's at 273. Um, yep. You know, a lot of the guys are looking good. Um, I am really looking forward to getting a couple of these guys back in the lineup. I want to see Vladdy back. I want to get Kirk in there. Brandon Belt has been absent so far. Um, yep. I think the only concern that I've had, the only minor concern is Dalton Varsho is kind of taking a little bit to get going. Um, it's yeah. tough. It's tough because I, I love to get excited for these huge blowout wins um, and then kind of just you know, swipe off the blah losses, but you know, it, either way, it's just important to remember it's still early and it's still early in spring. spring. Yeah. <laughs> even next week, I think is more appropriate to kind of, once you start seeing, you know, who's who um, the, the starting nine, I think is looking really good. Kevin Biggio has looked very good and I I'm extremely impressed with him. Um, the, the battle for the final bench spot, is really heating up. I think Nathan Lucas has looked great. Winton Bernard has looked really good. Otto Lopez is another one. And Addison Barger. But I, I've i been thinking about it a lot, and I, I'm not positive that Barger will end up making the roster regardless of how well he plays, strictly because he he can't be someone that kind of – he can't really rot away on the bench. So someone like him needs to be playing a lot more than just here and there. Um, especially yeah. if he's doing that well and he's going to pick up some outfield to like expand his versatility as great as that is. I think he, at least to start with needs to have a role where he can play every single day. So I, yeah. I, I think you can probably scratch him off the list. I wouldn't be stunned to see him make it, but you know, I think someone like that especially needs to be playing every day. So yeah. I think you might see him up a couple no. of times this year. I think there's for a few sure. guys that you're talking about there, Eric, that you'll see come up for, for, you know, not necessarily extended periods of time, but, and you st- certainly don't want them to have to come up, you know, due to injury. But I do feel yeah. like some of those guys are good enough that when the days get long and you need a couple of guys to come in and just smash balls around, we've got some really good bats that, that are going to be sent down to Buffalo and, um, you know, eager to eager to get back up. Yeah. I'm going to throw something out here with the Barger. I do agree with you, Eric, that I don't think he makes this opening day roster just because of his current position in the field basis. Cause otherwise you, you have the equivalent of Brandon belt, in my opinion, already sitting on the belt or on the uh, bench. Uh, so you're not putting him at first base. Uh, Barger's versatility would be if he can play left field a little bit more. And that's like you said, what he's currently possibly building on. Um, what I'm going to throw out here is nobody expected Chris Colabello to be one of our best offensive players in 2015. Loved Chris Colabello. <laughs> so, there might be all sorts of reasons for that whole thing too, but I enjoyed watching Chris Colabello here as a Rochester Red Wing in the Twins organization for years, and he was always one of our best bat-to-ball guys. Um, Barger's got that kind of 
he could steal a job if somebody got hurt and not relinquish it. Where some of these other guys, I still see Otto Lopez as a role player, but we already have Santiago Espinal. You know, I don't see him being anything other than a guy that comes and pinch runs here and there and whatnot. And I think that actually stunts his development to this keeping him in the Maya league system, uh, things like that. Um, I think the guy that's probably going to steal that job is Nathan Luke's to start the season. And I just think he's got the versatility, the speed, all the things you would want in a guy off the bench and not to mention crazy, great ball, bat the ball skills too. So I don't know what your guys thoughts are on that fifth position, but that was where I was currently sitting or you can just, you know, completely slam my, uh, Barger, Chris Colabello <laughs> comparison, whichever way you want to go. Well, I mean, I mean, the the fact of the matter is that an injury can happen anytime. Uh, so it is entirely possible that Barger ends up making the opening day roster. But let me say that I don't want him to, because if he does, that means somebody that is really important is going to be out for a while. Um, yeah, correct. I I, I like the idea of him becoming the third baseman if Matt Chapman walks. I don't really want Matt Chapman to walk, so I kind of go back and forth on that. And I part of me wonders if they're trying to expand Barger's versatility because they plan on keeping Chapman around for a bit. Um, yep. So we'll see what happens there. Worth the experiment at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, the guy's a super athlete. He has one of the best throwing arms in the entire organization. So if you can get someone like that into the outfield, you know, I mean, I don't know if I need to remind you guys, Jose Bautista came up as a third baseman and his, him and his strong arm went to right field. So, I mean, who knows? We'll see what happens. It happens all the time. I mean, you, you have to yeah. get, and, and I mean, that's what I find so interesting about baseball versus, you know, so many other sports, because I mean, if you're a, you know, if, if you're a free, if you're a safety, and you, you know, and you, you, you're finishing up your, your college and get drafted, you, you can't exactly go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and have them say, Hey, we're going to get you to play wide receiver. And you're like, well, no, we're not. Cause I can't do that. But baseball players, just to say that Tebow tried to be a tight end. Everybody remembers yeah. that, right? <laughs> Donaldson comes up as a catcher. The list is really long of guys who come up and had to adapt. And I agree with you guys. Like, I mean, if you can put Barger in the outfield and let's be honest, how hard could it possibly be to be out there? I mean, really let's it's, nah, it, well, don't say that now. <laughs> okay. Ron Washington and Moneyball. Yeah. Like, if if you're a first, good athlete, first base is incredibly hard. <laughs> if you're a good athlete, you know, you should be able to track baseball. So you should be able to, to have a, a, at least enough baseball acumen to know where to throw the ball hard. Um, but yeah. I totally agree. I, and I'd love to see, you know, Hopefully, if he does go down to Buffalo, they try him in the outfield a bit um, to try and keep that going so it gives them the option. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... Well, that's the depth spot that the Blue Jays don't have right now. So it would not shock me that he plays every day, especially if Otto Lopez and all these other guys are coming down to the Meyer leagues with him. I don't think he gets a chance to play as much third base with all the other guys. Yeah. would be my initial point to me i would guess if they were thinking about entertaining this he split time between third base and left field just to see what happens track some balls in left field see what happens play third base to keep comfy so you're not stressing yourself out and the bat stays alive yeah i mean the the move from third base to the outfield on a full-time basis actually happens more than people may realize I, i can think of three immediately ryan braun nick castellanos and joey gallo all three of them were third basemen at first, and all three of them moved to the outfield. Castellanos is not really an outfielder, but Joey Gallo, I think he has two gold gloves. <laughs> Ryan Braun performed well in left field for the Brewers, and yeah. you know, it, and it one of those happen. guys can hit, and one of them can't. Yeah, <laughs> I like Joey Gallo. I, I I hope he succeeds, but it's it's been tough to to watch so far. His career, especially with the loophole that the Red Sox pulled on him a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and the uh, with the oh well, we there's no rule about the outfielder shifting. <laughs> it's like what the fuck, the guy, the guy can't catch a break. You know, even I I hope they fix that part of the rule before opening day. But on paper, the current at the moment rule is there's nothing binding outfielders to their core position. I don't know if so. there is a better power hitter in the game of baseball today than Joey Gallo. The problem is 
is that he strikes out a ton, and then when he does make contact, it's either a home run or directly into the shift. So correct. Well, we'll see what happens with him. Well, but. <laughs> but the shift vanishing was supposed to help him this year. <laughs> and about how many, there was nobody in Major League Baseball that the shift being completely dead, outfield and infield related, that would have helped more than Joey Gallo. Well, given a month into the season when teams keep doing what the Red Sox did, there's going to be an addendum to the rule where you can't yep. do that anymore either. So, yeah. I'm honestly shocked it hasn't already kind of happened mid spring. <laughs> Just like how I'm surprised there's still a batter pitch clock, <laughs> but that's a whole nother argument. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So did anybody see what Max Scherzer pulled on the batter hitch clock pitch clock the other night? That right there should kill the role. Yeah, it was period. I, I kind of like that Scherzer's having a lot of fun. Right Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Chris Bassett did an interview. Smart enough to do that, Bassett. Yep. Yeah, Chris Bassett did an interview with the Pitching Ninja. I, that's another one I wrote an article on. Uh, he, they specifically talked about Scherzer, and they were saying how of anybody in the league that'll take a new rule that is enforced and kind of mess with it as much <laughs> as he can. Max Scherzer is high on that list to try and mess with it and see what he can get away with, and I, I think it's just going to continue because. <laughs> You know, he, he is Max Scherzer. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And then not to mention, this is how we got to all the shifts and nonsense in the first place. It's like, okay, well, what is the rule? How can we squeeze it out? How can we play money ball? It's, it, it's all these things. Everybody's looking for an edge on everybody. It's the same thing. He's even why you heard the, the Red Sox playing around with the Apple watches and shit. There wasn't anything that verbatimly blatantly, you know, it was a gray area that was deep legal, right? <laughs> Illegal. I mean, <laughs> so if it's not written the way you want it, and somebody that's going to try and fudge it around, there's always somebody that's smart enough in the room to find a way to skirt the rule. And that's exactly what is starting to happen already in spring training. And they should have kept it the way it was in the minor leagues and not messed with it. They still would have sped the game up. <laughs> Just saying. If you want to play with more, try it at the minor league level and have fun with it. And, you know, have robo lumps and <laughs> all the other stuff that's happening this year. So... So that we talked about some of the surprises and guys we would like to make the roster. Um, is there anybody that's disappointing you guys this summer or this spring so far? I, Eric, you had mentioned a little bit that Varsho is waiting to. You're expecting more. Yeah, I mean, I I'm by no means worried. Definitely not worried about him. I still think he's going to be a stud. Um, I know that on the pitching side of things, there's been some rough outings and it's, it's hard to really make the argument because most of the guys that have struggled on the mound are ones that we already knew weren't going to make the team. Um, and a Jose Barrios, Drew, <laughs> Drew Hutchison, he was one I was going to bring up. He threw two and two thirds today, four strikeouts, two hits, no runs. Yep. I think he looks good, but I think of guys that aren't. He looks good, but he's given up the most hits in Blue Jays blue this so far this spring. That would be the catch. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, no, I, I think for disappointments, um, Nate Pearson's pretty high on that list because I really, really, really was hoping to see him at sell, and I still think he will. Um, but right now his control has kind of been all over the place. I'm happy to see him hitting 101 on the radar gun, but when you can't control it and you're giving up hits and it, it kind of, it kind of adds up against you. And so I, I think yeah. if he continues this way, he's pitching himself out of a role for um, the big league bullpen this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm trying to take it as with as much of a grain of salt as I can. Like I said, I'll give it, I'll give it another week, week and a half until I really start to be worried or disappointed, but some of the yeah. early results, I think Nate Pearson, Jose Barrios, they kind of jump off the page as ones that you know aren't aren't looking as good as I would have liked them to. And then on the flip Jason, side, what of you that, on the flip side of that, Kikuchi's looked great, you know, <laughs> which is awesome. I mean, you know, you really couldn't ask for much more. I feel like uh, Barrios is going to come out of whatever's he's, you know, I think I think I he's. I feel like he's a little nervous right now. Like, I feel like he, he I think it's didn't have the greatest year last year. And he's just where Kikuchi's feeling no nerves. He's just like, I'm just going to bomb this by you every time I can do it. And if I'm not going to, I'm going to jerk the chain on it. And you know, it's, it's, he looks unbelievable. And 
I think you brought this up earlier. Pitch clock might be the best thing that happened to Kikuchi that anybody oh, can happen because he has no time to think about it. Just it's yeah. the uh, Bull Durham principle. Don't think me, just throw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and on the offensive side, I mean, yeah, Varsho has started out slowly. Um, I feel like I feel like Danny Jansen doesn't look probably as good as I would want him to so far. Um, he doesn't have any home runs, if I'm correct. If I think I, he doesn't have one yet. Um, I know in that one game, he hit the ball a couple of times pretty hard. Um, but, uh, you know, and also Espinal said, you know, what, two good games or maybe a game and a half of good sort of offense. Um, so, I mean, we haven't seen Kirk play. Um, so that'll be interesting. Vladdy's only had a couple of games. I, I thought Vlad- Vladdy looked great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think some of those other guys, you know, it's nice to see Whip playing well. It's nice to see some of those guys really using camp to their advantage. But, uh, Biggio. yeah, yeah. Biggio's the guys that we need to sh- step up, I think, are doing what we really needed them to do this spring because that now it shows we have some depth. And to that point, guys that can be flexible like Biggio and Espinosa. Yeah. So, those are the things that championship teams have. In Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> So the one thing I'm looking forward to more is seeing more George Springer. And I do think that his four hits this spring don't could, could keep moving up. He has got the one home run. I'm, I'm curious to see what a full real healthy George Springer looks like. And I've only been teased to it so far. <laughs> kind of how I feel. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. He hit his first but, Springer dinger today. So, that's so a great yeah, Springer Dinger and Biggio Bomb or something like that. I think that's what I heard. So. Biggie Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our old co-host, uh, M. Corsair, who that was just what he, he deemed his Man Crush Monday was Kevin Biggio. So. <laughs> so, but I, I think things are trending in the right direction. I don't think the things that we were talking about that are headaches are going to be really headaches come spring. Rios has put the work in. I think it's like you said, a nerves it's right in here kind of thing, which I'm just going to say to both of you, good segue points because we actually have a sports psychiatrist joining me on Saturday as a special guest uh, on the show to talk about exactly that. How do you prep for a 162 game season? How do you get this right? So you can be a peak performance. That is the focus of that show. So thank you for reminding me, fellas. <laughs> That's why they pay us the big so, bucks, Craig. Yeah. Segway points, segway points. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, I do think there's all the things trending in the right direction to show that the blue Jays do have all their ducks in a row for this season. And I think do you guys agree with me on that? It's just, getting everything moving in the right piece here. And uh, I think in this next week is really when we're going to finally see the lineup actually be the lineup, because this is the week that we usually start seeing the guys go to the minor league camps. We've seen the manual Beltres and all the other lower end guys from the very, very young Toronto blue Jays in the spring training games. At this point, the regulars are going to start playing five innings, six innings, seven innings, not, two, three, one time in the batting order, that kind of stuff. Same thing with the uh, pitchers will start getting some more innings over the next week too. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think, think it's, it's important to remember that the first round of roster cuts have not happened. They've started to happen around the league. I know I saw, I believe it was the giants and the Cubs both since it was 10 or so guys down. And so once, once that starts to happen, there's going to be a lot more clarity. So um, I anticipate that coming in the next couple days, actually. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening there. But I, I think the first guys to go down are going to be the ones that are already at the bottom of the totem pole. So, yeah, I mean, is there anybody on that like tipping point guys that you guys think should get a chance to maybe face some major league guys over the next few weeks? And Jason, I'm sorry if I no, cut you no, off. No, you can go ahead and finish no. your thought first. I, I was just gonna. My thought was is that. You know, one of the things that people have to keep in mind, and I feel like uh, um, over the years, a lot of stock gets put into preseasons for all of the sports. And the teams are using this for development. The teams are using this to take their kids that they know aren't going to be playing and try and develop them, try and get them against some major league pitching, trying to get some, into some interesting situations that they may not see, you know, it, commonly in the minors. So, um, you know, that was just something I wanted to get out because I feel like a lot of times people put a lot of pressure on, 
you know, the fact that the Jays are six and five. Well, you, nobody gives a shit. Like, I mean, come on. I didn't look at that record. <laughs> well, a perfect example um, of trying to get some of the young guys in there is Ricky Tiedemann. They, they're, he's not going to make the opening day roster, but it's it's yeah. good that he's getting into some innings against big league players, so he's getting to kind of get his feet wet and see what he can expect. Because I... While I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster, I do think that there's a really high probability that we see him later this season. Um, yeah. So it's it's good to kind of get him into some you know high pressure situations early on, even though it is just spring training. You know he's never faced a Javier Baez or a Carlos Santana or Andrew McCutcheon before, so it's it's good to get him some innings against guys like that. Yeah. And I do think that he's one of those guys that won't be involved in his first round of cuts. No, I think, I think he's one of those guys that won't be the on end. that list. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you would like to see like a Ricky Tiedemann not be cut at this point? I, I have one. If you want me to kick this off, <laughs> yeah, no I want to see more of L- LJ Talley's nice swing for a little bit longer yeah. this spring. I, that first home run he hit this for the, the first at bat. I actually saw him live on TV um, I've read good things about him and his wonderful swing over the last few years. And it was really cool to see. And I'd love to see what he can do um, with a few more games. He's only gotten 10 at bats, but he's gotten three hits. And one of those is a home run at this point. Yeah, no, I like that pick. I, I actually am of the belief that he will be in the first round of roster cuts because yeah. I don't think there's really a, really a possibility here of him making the opening day roster. And as they kind of try and shape the opening day roster and get guys who are on the bubble more at bats and more innings, mm-hmm. I think he's one that's not quite there right now. Um, so we'll yeah. see. I mean, if there's one guy that I, if there's one guy that I know that won't start the um, year on the big league roster, but deserves more of a shot as uh, a minor league catcher that we signed Rob Brantley. Um, he's kind of a weak hitting journeyman. He's been around the league for like 10, 15 years in the minors. And I mean, he, he, he's a decent bat, but he's really, really good with the pitchers. And I I've actually read quite a few things positive so far about how the pitchers really, really like him. And I heard that uh, he is to be viewed as catcher number three in the organization. So should something happen to Jansen or Kirk, knock on wood, uh, you know, yeah. someone like him who the pitchers have been really, really, really liking will, you know, be the first one to get a call up. So, yeah. Funny enough, has five hits this spring. Yeah, no, he, he, he's looked great and he he does one hell of a job with the pitching staff. And that <laughs> that's why he's been with so many different teams over the years. And it's not because teams don't want him. It's because teams do want him. He's just not quite a major league contributor, but I think he's a, he's yeah. great with the staff. He's he's stuck in that quadruple A for yeah. format. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Jason, for me, I mean, you know, selfishly, I'd like to see Barger stay. Um, I'd like to see, I, you know, for some reason, I just I really like the high kick. I really like, you know, I really like to just see swings like such a savage. Um, so that's my selfish pick. Um, Lefty Bobich got yeah for the yeah. For, for the. The team, I, like I've liked Nathan Lukes the whole way through. I think he's looked very good. I think he's played very well in the outfield. He tracks the ball, like, you know, he tracks the ball unbelievably well. And I know he's a little bit older, but I'd like to see him be given his fair shake to try and, and you know, to see if he might be that extra guy that we need. Uh, he's got good speed. It looks like he covers the outfield well. He's, I've seen him play center and uh, left, I think. Maybe just center. I can't remember. Um, but anyways, I, I like him and, and I think that, that, you know, he's got a, he's got a solid bat and a good arm. And, and so he's got, he's got all the tools that you want to have, you know, at least see them, um, against some of the better pitching in the league. Yeah. Great with you hundred percent. So gentlemen, that's the hour mark. And I think we had a wonderful talk this evening. Is there anything either of you would like to talk about before I give Eric his wonderful, shameless self-promoting bit? <laughs> I think we just about covered it. I'm looking forward to seeing things progress here, and I'm just getting excited for opening day, man. It's this month, and it's coming up. Yep, it's coming. So this is your shameless self-promoting bit. Tell everybody where they can find your work and find you on Twitter and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. so I am the, I'm the only editor over at Jay's Journal. Um, 
that's where you can find all my stuff. I do some writing for fansided.com as well, kind of covering some other sports outside of baseball. Um, so you can find me over there. Otherwise, I'm predominantly over at Jay's Journal. Uh, my Twitter handle is is attached to my little face there at uh, eTroyden. Always looking to engage more with uh, with readers, and I'm kind of building more of a fan base on Twitter. So I'm just I'm looking to make more friends. So I'm always uh always available, and I appreciate all the readers and all the support. It's been it's been a really solid couple months since I joined the the team. So it's, it's yeah. been going well, and I appreciate all of you. Yeah. Awesome. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, Eric. And obviously, being Jay's Journal associated, we love uh, contributing and working with you. Um, we did get a couple of comments tonight that I want to make sure I just say thank you, uh, Sharon uh, McLaughlin, that um, we also would love to have an awesome Jose Bautista <laughs> bat flip photo in our hallway every morning. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> So, uh, but until next week, Blue Jays fans, make sure you catch us on all of our social media at Birdwatching GC. We are the official podcast of uh, the Toronto Blue Jays uh, for uh, JaysJournal.com and Fan Sided. Make sure you find out our work on JaysJournal.com. I'm once again writing Craig Gordon again. Um, you can find my review for if you're going to spring training. We got some wonderful places you can visit from the benefit of my knowledge of being a visitor down there. We have our you know, Vancouver native Jason Lyons clearly doing some weird hand gestures. Am I forgetting something? No, no, I was just when you're self-promoting, when you're self-promoting, I like to point to you. So the people, oh, if you're, if the people are scoring at home, then they, they know which square to go to on their bingo card. Right. Good deal. There it is. So if you uh, didn't have a chance to join in the chat on our live show this evening, make sure you join us for, like I mentioned, we have a special show this Saturday at 1230 Eastern time or where our guest, Dr. Jenna Ross is from. It will be mountain time because she lives in Arizona. Make sure you join us. That's 1030 her time. Um, we are going to be talking about the mental side of the baseball and how you can get peak performance out of your mental game. That's kind of what the uh, issue is. And we're going to talk about it and just, Hey, we're prepping for a 162 game season. Us podcasters got to get in the right mindset too. Just saying. (laughs) So until next week, catch us on Spotify and uh, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from and fellas, it's time for that two claps and a Ric Flair and a let's go blue Jays three. Let's go. Let's go, Blue Jays. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdWatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.